0: Tonight, I want to start with a quote from one of the texts I'm teaching these weeks. And this text called The 37 Practices for Bodhisattva. It is a Tibetan text written in the 14th century by Tom Sangpo. And this text is yeah, very precious within the Tibetan tradition. It's 37 poems and it is describing the practices or the life of a bodhisattva. And the bodhisattva is a person who passionately lives this life to wake up and to grow up for the benefit of all. And this is the uh, first three. Thomas Sanko writes, don't engage disturbances and emotional reactions gradually fade away. Don't engage distractions and spiritual practice naturally grows. Keep awareness clear and vivid and confidence in the way arises. Rely on silence. This is the practice of a Bodhisattva. And tonight I want to particular. focus on the practice instruction in this first, and that is, rely on silence. So rely on silence. Using also Ken Mcloyd's commentary on how to do that. So tonight I want to invite us to explore The common human experience Tongvi-Sang was describing here, and that is to make contact with the silence, the inner silence, the ocean of calm, which is available to us in any moment, the mighty silence, which in its essence is love, could call it also presence or stillness. And the silence, which is pointed to here, has nothing to do with calming the mind. So it is much more radical than that. There is also that silence which arises when our mind is very focused, when we don't have a lot of thoughts. So that is a kind of silence. But here, Tomei Sanko points to a silence which is surrounding us and pervading our experience all the time. Something which is not disturbed or distracted by the noise. Whatever that noise is, feelings, sensations, outer noise, the mental chatter. So, all this is the moving mind. So, when Sanko says rely on silence, he's not talking about shamatha practice in the sense of learning to calm the mind. It is an invitation to touch and sense and trust. The primordial, always present silence, stillness, which is always there in the background. It is sometimes temporarily obscured by our activities, but it never goes away. So in our first meditation, I would like to give you some pointers to that spacious, mighty silence, Mm -hmm. spacious presence. And by becoming familiar with that, it will be more and more easy for us to allow that silence to break through, to shine through or to reveal itself during daily life. It is very simple. It is effortless. But it is also challenging because we are manipulating, fixing, controlling trying to get somewhere people. And to invite the primordial silence to reveal itself, we have to do the very, very difficult thing, which is nothing. So, <laughs> uh, it's a very precise not doing nothing. Uh, is it? no. It's a very precise way to do nothing. So it is not like spacing out nothing. It's not like spacing out not, not doing anything or a kind of resign, resignation doing, uh, doing nothing. Yeah? That, that's not what we do, what we're doing when we're doing this nothing. Yeah? Uh, so the art, uh, the art to do nothing, this is particularly difficult for meditators. So if you are a professional meditator this will be very difficult because you actually have trained uh, processes in your mind to do things during meditation. And these uh, processes they became automatic. So uh, sometimes for someone who has never meditated the, the, the no meditation or the Natural meditation is quite easy because there's nothing to unlearn, whereas more experienced meditators, they need to unlearn meditation and and there is of course resistance, particularly if you have put a lot of effort into controlling your mind, developing focus or concentration yeah. and you have put maybe some years into the training and now you are being asked to give that up. Yeah, So that's... Uh, that can lead to some resistance. Also, sometimes we have that concept that fulfillment and wholeness and being home needs to come after effort. We can't imagine that it is a gift given for free. That we don't need to that we don't need to work hard for it or give something back or something. It is uh, so, that, that there's doubt, uh, so there's doubt. So there's doubt that you can allow yourself to be whole and free and at home and content right now in the mess of your life, in the mess of your psyche, in the mess of your traumas and addiction and depression or whatever. We don't believe that. Who am I? Who am I to be a Buddha right now? And what would happen with my life if I don't torture myself anymore? What would happen with my life and with the intention to do things if I don't feel that self-improvement is incredibly important? What would happen with my life if I would just relax into present moment awareness as it is and drink the water of life right there? Not in the future when certain habits are overcome or certain sicknesses are healed or Certain relationships are mended, not in the future, but but now, in this moment. One image I like uh, regarding this seeking mind is uh, a fish in the ocean looking for water. So this would be we being the fish in the, in the ocean looking for water. So the water, what is the water for us? Maybe slightly different things uh, for everyone. But it always has to do something with unconditional love or peace or being complete, Yeah, being in a place of completion, being in a, in a place of deep and genuine happiness. So the The fish is seeking that. And the seeking covers up that it's all water. And the seeking is a function of the narcissistic process, of the ego, you could call it, which will never stop to seek. It will never stop to seek. So, in a way, you could say, you can, you, 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 when I talk about you now, I talk about the little mini-me, which we are usually identified with, you can bring, you, you can't bring yourself, you can't bring yourself with you into the silence we are talking now. It's impossible, because that would be the end of that Parasite. The parasite lives from seeking. The, the narcissistic parasite. That what you think you are. And it will not trust. It will not listen to this. It can't. So in a way, what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to talk from the silence here to the silence there, and in that silence we are one. We are not separate from each other. So I try to make myself and this voice a challenge, a, 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 a channel for our silence, for our presence. And t- talking from that in in me, it's not in me, but. Uh, into into that which is already home yeah and the parasite can listen and be interested and thinks it's great or stupid or oh this is also I want to have maybe I need to meditate a little harder and then I will get it in the future yeah but that's fine I mean uh, uh, it's fine that to have that Audience there, yeah, um, which is interpreting and commenting and you know, rejecting and maybe being bored. Or, you know So that, that's fine. And, and we are not talking to that audience. We are talking. Uh, we are talking to that, which already completely knows what is being talked about. So rely on silence. That also means to stop to rely on thought. So the thought process, the rational thought process will continue when we sit quietly, but we don't seek refuge. We don't rely upon thought. Thoughts cannot bring you home no thoughts not the most amazing spiritual thoughts thoughts about silence reading books about silence will never bring you to silence because you are already there so you can't get there because you are there it's like you can't so any move in any direction is already one step too much. Any attempt to, to try to get somewhere is already one step in the wrong direction. Any attempt to understand what is being said here is already a step into the wrong direction. Then it's already... Then it's already too complicated. So let's try that. <laughs> and yeah, it's okay to you know adjust your posture, but you know it has nothing to do with posture. <laughs> meditation posture in this uh, is completely overrated. Forget it. Uh, you can It's it's not any support to bring your body into a certain position. Yeah. Yes, for some meditation practices. Yes, it doesn't matter how the fish swims. <laughs> yes. It's. He it needs to stop swimming. So then, of course, you can uh, close your eyes, or if you leave your eyes open, you just relax your gaze. Then you notice the shift from the head into the body, from the stream of thinking, the inner dialogue into the felt sense of your body. And all your senses are open, so you feel connected to the surroundings, to to the noise around you and the temperature in your room and how it feels to be there where you are. Uh, There's also the connectedness in this group, so we reach also into that direction with our awareness that we are doing this little journey together and probably into the same space, into the same silence, into the same presence. The deepest level of consciousness Non dual consciousness, pure consciousness. And then you're doing what you're doing. So, just doing what you're doing. You think what you think. You feel what you feel. If you move your body, you move your body. If you are still, you are still. Sometimes it helps to take a couple of deeper in and out breaths. And in the out breath, one can soften the belly and the shoulders. Thoughts, they come and go, but you don't rely upon them. You unhook from thoughts. And if something in your inner life wants to come to the foreground, you allow that to happen. It could be some emotional energy, unpleasant or pleasant, or it could be physical sensations. So we neither focus on them nor do we try to suppress or manipulate them. And if you notice that you emphasize the inner dialogue a little too much, you make this little gesture back into the felt sense of your body or into the sounds around you or my voice. So you slide towards present moment awareness. listen. With your heart, with your body, listen to the silence, the stillness which might reveal itself if you allow. an ocean of calm, as if you are sinking in an ocean with turbulent waves on the surface, as if you are sinking into the depth, into the stillness and vastness of your own being. And it's effortless. So as soon as you notice that you try to fix, control, manipulate, you soften, shoulders face. and regards the content of our experience, thoughts, feelings, sensations, sounds, like spring blossoms who are carried away by the wind, effortlessly moving, swirling, And you let the wind blow wherever it wants to blow. You let the spring blossoms, the cherry blossoms be carried away by the wind. And they form little groups and dance a while. And then they just just go into different directions. And just allow everything to be what it is. Giving up the hope of a better future and a better past. Present moment awareness. Surrendering so that stillness, silence, peace might reveal itself from the background into the foreground. Stillness. Rely on silence. Rely on stillness rely on present moment awareness. There's nothing you need to understand. Nothing you could do right or wrong. It's no agenda. No pressure, because the wind is blowing by itself and the uh, spring blossoms are carried away by the wind effortlessly. Nobody, nobody is doing it, it's happening by itself. And if you notice that you get tired or you kind of almost fall asleep, make a backward step. Also that is wind blowing and spring blossoms. That's not the kind of peace or silence we are looking for. We ask Awake silence, awake presence to reveal itself. Fresh. Vivid. Awake. And if you notice that your mind, by habit, goes to the breath, well, that's fine. Effortless breath meditation. But otherwise, just open, choiceless awareness, allowing body and mind to settle in its natural state. With the body like a mountain and the heart like the sky. And for the sky and the mountain, it doesn't matter if it rains or the sun shines. And the wind blows. rest, just rest, find a place of rest in the midst of your experience. This we can appreciate that there's thousands and thousands of people right now in the presence of the divine, just like us. In silence, you are never alone. Rely on silence. And after you experience a bit more space, you might sense that even this noise is in the nature of silence. Even the breath is in the nature of silence. Even the contractions in your body are in the nature of silence, forget yourself. nothing usable here for you, rely on silence. listen Listen to the space in between the thoughts in between the noise in between my words and rest and then the words and the breath and the noise are recognized as Silence. You are the fish realizing it's all water. including your own body. Relaxing the grasping, allowing the mind to settle in its natural state. by doing nothing. Then, we come to the end of this Period. So if you open your eyes if they are closed in your own pace, maybe you want to change your position or stretch a little. But uh, see if you can have a sense that the meditation is not ending. Yeah. So it's just the content changes a little, but. Uh, The silence, the stillness uh, does not care if you stop the meditation. So there is something which is changing now. If you move, yeah, or if you have a sense on now the meditation is finished, maybe you feel even a bit of a relief because there was still a bit of doing and trying to do something but there is something which did not change. So, and that's what we are after. (laughs) So, that that which does not change, even if I now talk more. uh, So, like for the space here, it doesn't matter, matter if the hand is still, or if I do like this, yeah? So, and that's the silence. (laughs) So that which is not changing. Uh, So that which gives the space to the movement. But that of course is still dualistic. So at one point uh, we experience that the silence and the movement of the hand, they are not two separate things, they are the same. So the hand becomes like wind yeah, so wind is still in the nature of space, it's just moving, moving space. Yeah. So the silence, the silence is not separate from the movements, from the content. And that is the, the what is called the non-dual experience, the experience of non-duality. Initially, in a meditation like this, it makes sense to kind of you know, point to the space first, like through instruction, look into the gaps between thoughts or step into the background. You know, so these are all temporary pointers, which then makes it possible to realize it's all water, it's all spirit, it's all God, it's all the Dharmakaya it's all Buddha nature. So now there's of course a lot of uh, provisional uh, placebos in all spiritual traditions, also in Buddhism, which say something, hey, first you need to calm down your hands. Uh, Yeah, so because then, so first you need to calm down your hands or they need to be a bit more holy. Um, (laughs) So, so So you try to make your hands holy, your thoughts and your body. And then you can see the silence, then you can see the space. But that's, of course, crap, because, you know, the space does not care if you do like this or like this. It's untouched. On the other hand, of course, if you are completely like uh, and identified with that, then it makes sense to take some placebos like yoga or breathing techniques and. Loving kindness meditation and, and stuff like this—it it, 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 still—it it still makes sense, because if you are completely in reactive patterns, then what what I just did, uh, this kind of meditation does not make any sense at all. You know? I mean, one would even not be able to do it uh, to sit still. So, it's uh, precious to learn. Uh, The provisional placebos, which is about 99% of the Buddhist teachings. And it could be also a combination. So actually the meditation I just did was a bit of a combination. A gentle combination, in the sense that I didn't, at least I didn't try to put any pressure or any doing into into the sitting. Uh, but there was still like you know bringing your attention to the body and you know, the metaphors and and stuff like this or so these are all placebos mm, provisional techniques uh, to make it possible for us that presence or silence or stillness or non-dual awareness can reveal itself can shine forth it always shines. We just need to become, we just need to trust it. So uh, we have a break soon. Um, If you have questions, you can write in the chat. uh, After the next meditation, I will also give some space. I want to read from uh, the commentary of Ken MacLeod Mm. to this uh, particular verse, first three uh, of the 37 practices. And it's uh, from a book called uh, Reflections on Silver River. Very beautiful book. I can really recommend that. In particular, uh, those of you who like poetic language. So there's not so much for rationalists. And in this book, like, you know, people who are trying to figure out Buddhist philosophy or something like this, which is good. You know, so well, Buddhist psychology, it's, it's, it's very good. It's a provisional thing, but uh, it's very precious. But this is more for the poets and the artists and feel, the feeling people, you know, this book. So he says... So this is kind of his practice instruction, kind of his guided meditation. When you practice, rest in the experience of thoughts, sensations and feelings, using the breath or awareness itself as a place to rest. So rest in the experience of thoughts, sensations and feelings. So rest here means allow, accept. So you rest right there where you are, b- with whatever is. This is of course challenging if you don't like what you find, which is always the case if you have a body. Yeah, so. So when we rest in the present moment we don't like what we find. Most of the time sometimes we like what we find but uh, even there probably there's things we don't like. But to rest there to open to that. To to give space to all the guests in the guest house of the body to rest right there, as a gracious host. The most gracious, tolerant host. The most loving host you can ever imagine. You rest. Even with the guests who vomit onto your carpet and destroy the furniture. (laughs) It's pretty radical, that host. Yeah. using the breath or awareness itself as a place to rest, so that's a bit of shamatha practice, so initially yeah, to, to rest on the breath I also say often sometimes like lightly place your attention on the in and out breath and then he says in breath or awareness so that you know to rest instead on the breath on the awareness that's uh, for beginners uh, quite challenging because you know you, you have no you, you don't know what the reference object is of that word awareness but what, when that would be possible to rest uh, on awareness itself on consciousness itself or the inner presence itself that's the, that's the real meditation object in Buddhist teachings. So that's actually where meditation starts. Uh, before that, it's all provisional placebos. But um, for many people, initially, it's good to have a more, uh, a more obvious meditation object uh, to rest upon. Whenever you carry it away, return and rest. Whenever you carry it away, so that means you get hooked and tangled into the inner dialogue. You return and rest. So we're still in dualistic meditation here. So when we read that on this level, it sounds as if it's a problem when we are carried away. Yeah? Uh, that's a provisional. Uh, that's a provisional teaching, because uh, being carried away is also stillness. It's also God. It's also Spirit. It's also what we are looking for. It's also non-dual awareness. Yeah. You can't be carried away from one. <laughs> so, I mean, one. Yeah. Advaita, not one, not two, yeah, not two. So you can't be carried away from one. Yeah, so the, the being carried away and, and, uh, and getting somewhere is the one. Yeah, it's the one being carried away by the one towards the one. If you use the word God, you know, it's the same. So now he he uses uh, a similar instruction. I use this uh, uh, spring blossoms because, and he's using autumn leaves, but I changed it to spring blossoms because I thought it fits better uh, because we are in spring now, so I didn't want to bring you into the autumn. <laughs> yeah, so present moment awareness. Yeah? So maybe some of you, I mean, I can look out here and I can actually see it. Yeah? So uh, cherry, uh, cherry leaf, uh, cherry blossoms being carried away by the wind. Yeah? Maybe you can also see it somewhere outside. So he says, doing practice sessions. Regard thoughts, sensations and feelings as leaves swirling in the wind as you walk under the clear blue sky of an autumn day. So thoughts, sensations and feelings are leaves swirling in the wind as you walk under the clear blue sky of an autumn day. When you Do not engage them. So do not engage them means to practice in a non-manipulating way, in a non-interfering way, in a non-fixing way, in a non-controlling way, in a non-grasping way. And when grasping arises, which is, which is, we, we, it will, yeah, because you know, it's appropriate in a way that the egoic process wants to feel good. Uh, so the processes of the ego will try to milk the experience, milk the, uh, milk the meditation for feeling good. Yeah? So when that happens that's also swirling leaves. So it's not like you try to manipulate the manipulating or you try to fix the fixing or you try to interfere with the interfering uh, or you try to grasp towards getting rid of the grasping or you try to resist the resistance. So immediately everything which arises, including the grasping, including the fixing, the manipulating, hope and fears, they become the autumn leaves. They are invited, they are allowed. So radical acceptance means to accept also the non-accepting. When you do not engage them, you become aware of a silence. So now we kind of, you become aware of a silence. We start to get to the end of words. So now if you ask, yeah, but what silence? I don't i i didn't i didn't feel any silence I didn't hear silence. what do you mean with silence so so i don't know i can't i can't there's nothing more one can say and uh it could be. No, it could be something very subtle. So so subtle that you kind of you push it away, like no, that's not the silence. Yeah. It's, it's like yeah. It's very no, it's not spectacular. I mean, if you're an intensity intensity seeker, this is not this is not going to. It's not intensive. Yeah. Intensity comes and goes within that. Yeah. It's fine to be an intensity seeker. I, I love intensity seekers, but it, it's not intensive. That's why we oversee it, because it's so it's so it's so simple and so close and so ordinary. I mean, imagine the fish. You know, he, he expected water to be something special, something extra, something you know, different than this. And then he finds out, no, it's just the plain dog shit water. <laughs> what? That's enlightenment? I thought it's a bit more like, a bit, a bit more Hollywood-like. So you become aware of a silence, a silence that is always there. So that is an important, you know, it's always there. So there is something pointed out to you here, which is really, really familiar. And it is revealed. Unless you try to figure it out in your thoughts. You know, thoughts can't reveal this. And you can maybe notice your thoughts, processes, like yeah debating with what I'm saying or trying to... I can see it in your eyes, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when I see that in people, then I know that I have lost 40% of the audience yeah, because I tried to figure out what I'm saying. And then I I, I need to to be more nonsensical so that the rational soon gives up. Maybe talk a little quicker or more paradoxical or something like that. A silence that is always there. So when it dawns, and for most people it is not like boom, For some, yeah, when you are ready, karmically, and you hear this, then boom, yeah. Some people even figure this out by themselves, yeah. Um, But for most people, it's it's a it's a kind of it's a soaking it slowly in, like it's just. And you hear it again, and you hear it again, and different pointers, and, and then and, and suddenly without noticing when this moment is, this moment of awakening, yeah. suddenly you notice changes in your life. And, and you notice that some of the non-dual teachings, which before were just bullshit for you, suddenly they make sense and suddenly something in you responds. A silence that is always there, even in your darkest moments. So this is even in your darkest moments. So again, give up the hope that in spiritual practice you will feel better. That you have not started spiritual practice yet. The, if, if your practice is about feeling better, better, you are a spiritual materialist. You're doing what everyone else. You know, some people use card back, some people use meditation, but it's the same. It's the same process. It's not bad, it's appropriate. I'm not saying to give the feeling good projects, you know, yoga or breathing practices and psychotherapy. It's it's all good, but it's not spiritual practice. This is really, I mean, I'm not making this up. Yeah. I can assure you, I'm not making this up. This is very This is very fundamental within the Mayana tradition in the Lamrim teachings of gradual awakening. You have not entered the the path, I mean this path, the, the, the path of gradual awakening, if your practice is about feeling good. Because feeling good and feeling bad comes and goes and it will continue to come and go. Samsara is unfixable. I, I, don't want this, I, I don't want to discourage any feeling good projects, any healing projects, you know, because also I live from it, yeah? So it's also, I mean, it would be a stupid business, business, business technique, a, bit, a bad marketing, if I wouldn't encourage self-improvement projects and feeling better and working with difficult feelings and depression and anxiety and so on and so on. I mean, you know, I need people who pay for this. Uh, by, but it's not spiritual practice. <laughs> it can be part of spiritual practice. So even in your darkest moments, and then, of course, this becomes amazing because even in the dark night of the soul, you are home. You have arrived, even in the dark night of the soul. There's nothing wrong with being there. Of course, the egoic process gets really scared now because the egoic process is really afraid of feeling bad. It might even say, What a bullshit! A silence that includes everything and cannot be fathomed. So it includes everything and it cannot be fathomed. So that means its undescribable is undescribable, ungraspable. It is indescribable, ungraspable. It can't be described. It can't be understood. It is not an object of knowledge. So, what the Buddha is sharing on the deepest level is not an object of knowledge. It is prashna Paramita, the perfectional wisdom. And Prashnaparamita is not an object of knowledge. And it is not an experience. Not in the sense we usually define experience, that there is someone having an experience. So any kind of spiritual experience is not what we are talking about here now. And of course, the egoic process is not interested in it because you can't sell it. You can't you know, wear it as an ornament. Look how awakened I am, how compassionate I am, how happy am I. Yeah? Look how I smile more and I look more beautiful so the, the, the egoic process is not interested in this contentment into that into the silence because you can't, you can't claim it or you can't, you, you can't share to your friends wow I had this amazing dog shit silence experience <laughs> and it was really really special and now I am special It's all it's it's not mentioned. It's not worth to be mentioned, actually. And I'm really embarrassed that I'm talking about it. But I also enjoy it. (laughs) It's, It's not worth mentioning. Actually, when you mention it, in a way, you destroy it often. You kind of piss it away. Finally, you get somewhere, you know. I mean, you get somewhere. You realize that you're already there. There's some contentment and then you, you know, you start to teach and then then it goes downhill. <laughs> From there on, you make a podcast about Silence. A silence that allows you to listen to your heart, your body, and your mind in a way you did not know was possible. In that silence, awareness is clear and vivid. You just know, and a quiet confidence is born. A quiet confidence is born. quiet confidence is born, a quiet, a quiet confidence is born. So if you meet people who experience, who, who rest in that quiet confidence, they actually can invite you into this space. And uh, I guess you all have met people like that, you know? Like, uh, and then we also have karmic relationship to some people where it's more easy. So it's like, you know, when the Dalai Lama or one of my teachers, Lama Sopa comes into the room that mighty silence makes my mind still. If I come with a question, doesn't make sense to ask any question. Not that the answer is there, but questions don't make sense anymore. And I can die. I can really die then. Because there's nothing more to figure out or get into this life, in this life. You can really just dissolve, just, just die. So that that is that quite confidence, and uh, it is a, a some of these teachers uh, they share that silence actually with not saying anything. That silence. In, uh, in the in the Vimalakirti Sutra is also called the roar of the lion. Yeah? The roar of the lion. So when the when the lion roars in the jungle, everything gets quiet. Yeah? So that's, yeah, that's that silence. It's not like the suppressed silence of practicing silence or being too shy to say something. Yeah?